Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. I want to mourn the old trees and tell them that we love them. I've looked at clear cuts and burnt forest and I've felt outraged. We are the crowning glory of God's creation, and all of nature was made for us. Nature is more productive because of us, not less. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Riding Delta on the dusty 37,000 feet up, a flight attendant with a high end canvas covered load. <laughs> if you're going to wait in a data, mate, um, with me, you can ride. So I climbed in the cab coach and I settled down and strapped myself in. He asked me if I'd seen a road with so much dust and sand. I said, Hey, are you a man? Or a woman. This is Wretched Radio. Just spent a few days in the lovely land of lakes. The state, I miss lakes. Minnesota had the chance to spend a number of days there doing a number of things, including flying Delta Airlines. It's a good airline. We strapped ourselves in. And I noticed that there was a human. I could tell that. I could identify that. I know that's judgmental, but I know it was a human being who had a very high-pitched voice. And this individual with the high-pitched voice appeared to be trying to present itself. What do you say when you... (laughs) These conversations are so hard with all the pronoun business. This was clearly a woman pretending to be a man. And I got to tell you something. I suddenly knew how a woman felt. Let me take that sentence back. I know how a woman feels when she sees somebody who is a man pretending to be a woman, This that grotesque, bizarre caricature of a woman with garish makeup, the big flappy eyelids and the ridiculous clothing, the curves and the high heels. Women, I hope, see that and go, what do you, you're, you couldn't even work on like the outside of Vegas Strip doing impersonations, because that isn't what a woman is like. It is a mere character, a characterization, a caricature of what a woman actually is, and it should be offensive. And I kind of felt that when I was sitting there in coach, watching this woman try to be a dude. It was ridiculous, stand, you know, like with legs spread further apart and arms crossed, kind of, Trying to look tough. And I thought, you either is or you isn't. Stop mocking my gender. And after I finished being agitated, I started to imagine what would it be like to have to pretend like that all the time, knowing you're not. It must be a heavy load. And so whilst we Christians continue to speak firmly, clearly, biblically about the issues of gender, they're just so lost. They're just experiencing in their unique way the noetic effect of the fall. And the only thing that is going to help somebody out of their muddle of confusion is the gospel. Arrived at the Twin Cities where you have to do way more walking at the MSP airport than you do in Atlanta. Because it's kind of a patchwork quilt they added on. You walk all over the place. We finished our six-mile trek to the baggage claim. And we had dinner with the Wheatons. If you're not listening to Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings, find it. David Wheaton does such a bang-up job, and we had such a delightful time with fellow believers. That's always what I take away from going on the road. You meet Christians, 
you don't even know who they are. And it's sweet. What was not sweet, however, was the, the worldview being manifested in the city of St. Paul, Minnesota. Drove into the downtown area. And I was reminded that worldviews have consequences. They play themselves out. And the further we get away from a biblical worldview, our cities will continue to crumble. Why? There are three words that would explain it. No, mo, may. That's right. I said it. No, mo, may. If you're from Minnesota, you know what that is. They spend the month of May not mowing their lawns. We let it grow wild for the sake of the butterflies. What is that? It's an anti-Christian worldview. Why? Because we're supposed to be the tidy people. We are the subduing people. We are the ones who mow our lawns to show dominion over the planet because we are uniquely the image bearers of God. And we say, no, we're going to let it run free. And by the way, most of the Twin Cities looks like that. It is so stark. So stark. In Atlanta, everything is pristine and manicured. Everything is kind of wildflower in the Twin Cities. What is that? It's a worldview being manifested. And it's a worldview that says, no, God, we're not going to subdue. We're not going to do it your way. And you see it in front laws. And you see it in downtown St. Paul, which is tragic. It's a city that is falling apart. That isn't what it used to be. Why? Because of unbiblical policies that do not put people first. Human beings, image bears. In other words, they have a horrid anthropology. The next morning I visited the cinder block bunker. Are you going to take us everywhere on this trip? Pretty much. Went to the cinder block bunker in the middle of a field known as AM 980 KKMS formerly more spirited talk radio, had a delightful time. Mike, th thank you for letting us use the station to spend some time with the Martys, Paul and Cindy Marty of the Tomorrow Clubs. Those two, if I didn't know better, I'd say they're crazy. They just don't stop. They just keep going and going. There are, I think in, in Ukraine, there what did they, 500, 900 Tomorrow Clubs in Ukraine alone where kids meet every week to hear the gospel. Now they're going to Zimbabwe and 150 kids come to every Tomorrow Club and they just refuse to stop sharing the gospel. And I asked them, why do you keep doing this? And Cindy, like she always would, would simply say this because people need the gospel. We want them to know Jesus. And that, by the way, goes for confused flight attendants. Hopped onto an aeroplane to go to a Fargo. Gotta tell you something. The pace of Fargo isn't the same as the Twin Cities, which isn't the same as Atlanta. And it does cause me to ask, how is it that God wants us to live? There is a balance between being image bearers who labor, who work hard. But I couldn't help but wonder, are we supposed to be going 90 miles an hour all the time? And it struck me when we went for a walk in the woods. That's right. We went for a walk in the woods. And I was reminded, I think it was Newton who wrote the minister's fainting fits. When a pastor is at the end of his rope, his recommendation was go for a walk. You need to go in the woods. And that's what we were doing. I wasn't thinking about Newton, but I found myself breathing. Like, you know, like not, <laughs> where, 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 who's going to pull out? What do we got to do next? Just calm down. 
And I thought, why? Why is it that this has an effect? And I think that there's a couple of reasons that going for walks in the woods, spending time in, we'll call it nature, a.k.a. God's creation, that that this this is God's handiwork everywhere. You're surrounded by it. You're not seeing human activity. It's all God. Furthermore, I think we're listening to a sermon. Creation testifies there's a creator. And when you're surrounded by it, I think we're hearing a sermon and it's reminding us the one who made all of this rules and reigns. I really don't have control. So I'm going to rest in him. May I ask, when was the last time you took a walk in the woods? It might do you well pastor or non-pastor. Return to the Twin Cities. Spend a little time at the Raptor Center. Learn some stuff there at the Raptor Center. We sure are lucky is what I learned. Do you know what the difference between a raptor and any other bird? Well, I'll tell you, there are three things. Beak, eyes, and talons. What they called feet. They've got two in the front, two in the back, exerting up to three to 400 pounds of pressure. In other words, they can grab that squirrel and that thing can shake and shimmy, but it ain't dropping because of the pressure, because of the way we evolved those claws, according to the woman who was leading the tour. They, they had a bunch of claws and she said, feel this between the talons of the, of the bird foot. And it was like, it was rough. Like, like hardened turkey skin. And she said, I love to show this because this just goes to show how nature just evolves so that we have the right thing. Because the, the bird that possessed that rough skin, oh, not a peregrine. Oh, it was the type of bird that, that eats fish. If they didn't have that, the, the fish would slither out. Oh, I didn't want to wreck the tour. But, but I did. But you- yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm just curious. Before they evolved that uh, gripper there, wouldn't all the fish have fallen out of their feet and they'd starve to death? I'm just wondering about that. (laughs) We see the same evidence with two different responses. They say, oh, how lucky. We say, oh, how designed. And so it is. We continued our journey in St. Paul, culminating perhaps with Sunday morning. What a delight. To be, I, I recognized a number of faces, but there were a number of strangers. Sweet, sweet. If you travel and don't go to church, you're missing something besides going to church and you know being obedient, not forsaking the assembling of the saints. You're missing out on on the on the invisible church bond that exists. You go to a Bible teaching church, and you tell them, "Hey, I just flew in from." What are you doing? Are you doing anything for lunch? Let's go get some coffee. And you're going to get loved on. And so it was at Faith Bible Church. Experience the love of the body again. Pastor Ace doing a bang-up job. That's right. His name is Ace. Pastor Ace doing a bang-up job at Faith Bible Church. And it was just downright sweet. When you travel, hmm, don't forsake that sweetness. This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, 
We can trust this ministry, Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry, 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Have you ever felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster? It's okay to admit it because we've all been there and some of us are there now. Well, saddle up, buckle up, strap up, whatever it is you prefer. Just tune in to Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's the podcast you quite possibly have been waiting for because it's the place where anxiety, loneliness, depression, and fear come face to face with the Bible. And don't expect Dr. Gifford to just read scripture. No, he wrestles with it and applies it to challenges we all face. Trust me, this podcast, it's a game changer. And it must be for me to say game changer because I loathe that phrase. But that's exactly what Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford is. It'll help you and it will empower you to help others too. You'll be throwing out biblical wisdom like you're in Solomon's Court. New episodes, they drop every Saturday morning at transform.org slash podcast or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. Trust me, you'll be glad you listened. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles and the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines, but they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. Books of the Bible Deuteronomy means second law. As the Israelites prepared to enter the promised land after wandering 40 years, God reminds them of how he rescued them from Egypt, what he commands in his law, and the blessings and curses that come with keeping or breaking his law. God is faithful to provide the inheritance he has promised to his children. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Jimmy, did I mention we were just in the Twin Cities? You did? Oh, this is Wretched Radio, uh, the Land of Lakes, the Twin Cities, which aren't fraternal twins or whichever one it is that they're not identical. Let me just tell you that. Loved being with God's people, saddened to be in downtown St. Paul, where a godless worldview is on full display. It does not promote human flourishing in the best biblical sense of the words, human flourishing. It's just tragic to watch something that men and women strive to create and build to show we're humans. We build better nests than the birds do. All 
crumbling because of a godless worldview. And yet, Jimmy, I have to confess, when I was in the Twin Cities, had a little schadenfreude. Okay. A little little happiness, sadness. When it, when it came to parents and their kids, this is so common. Have you met any parents? No, wait a second. Are you parents? <laughs> and you've met yourself because you've experienced what I believe is a cultural trend. And you need to know that, mom and dad. You're Christians. You tried to train up your kids to love Jesus, but they've rejected him. They've rejected you. They've ghosted you. It is a pandemic. And when I use that word, I actually mean it. Parents are feeling this. And perhaps especially Christian parents, liberal parents who don't put any constraints on their children. Uh, Well, they're friends. They're not parents. They're friends. And of course, their kids can tolerate them. But you, Christian parent, are insufferable. Why? Because you don't allow them to be their authentic self. And the world keeps screaming at them. Break those shackles. Set yourself free. Cast off all constraints, especially your Christian parents, so that you can live your authentic life. You can let the inner you be exposed to the world and not judged or critiqued. So don't go back for Thanksgiving. Don't go back for Christmas because you're going to feel that judgment. And you need the space to explore the freedom that is you or whatever the therapeutic language that we see every place these days. Oh, we're a psychologized society. Are you feeling the sting of of the worldview that tells kids to cast off their Christian parents, might I encourage you and tell you, it is not your fault. No, you weren't perfect. Don't confuse this. You sinned as a parent. Those sins are forgiven. And whilst those sins may have some consequences, your sins are not the reason your kids are ghosting you. They're ghosting you because they're sinning because they're sinners, and your solo voice that you were singing your entire life, oh, submit to your, honor your father and mother, learn the statutes and the precepts of God, get away from bad friends, be wise, download what it is that I have learned the hard way, be godly, you're a solo singer. The world is a chorus, get rid of those parents. If they make you feel bad in any way, shape, or form, the best thing you can do is ghost them. And I meet those parents all the time. And I suspect if you have kids between the ages of one second and 35, give or take, you've experienced this to different degrees. Now, there is an interesting and delicate balance that is involved with the adult child-parent relationship, do I think that I as a parent have as much access into the lives of my children as I once did? I don't think so. But that doesn't mean the door should be shut and you can't have any access. (laughs) The name of that book, even the world recognizes this. There's that book, Doormat Parenting. You're, you're just a doormat. Lay yourself down and let them trample all over you because if you dare to correct them, they're out of there. Even the world gets that. That ain't right. Now, it's also not right 
that we can control them and tell them what to do and perhaps speak to them differently than we might to any other adult. Having said that, we're going to speak to them differently than other adults because other adults aren't my children for whom I care deeply and profoundly. So there is a bit of a precarious balance that needs to be defined, I think, between adult child and parent. But this trend of just slamming the door. You don't even get to be a doormat. I'm not going to text you. Or I'm going to text you. I'll maybe give you a thumbs up or a ha ha. But that's it. And it is devastating to parents. And if you're a Christian parent, acknowledge you weren't perfect. Take your sins to the Lord. But do not think that your failures as a parent, and we all have, are the reason that your kids are behaving atrociously. They're behaving atrociously, and it's not going to go well with them because if you're a child and you've ghosted your parents, I'm not talking about for safety reasons. We've talked about that a hundred times here, but I'm talking about you just, mm, they're just a little too nosy. Honor them. Well, they, they just ask questions. Honor them. Now, does that mean you can't have a conversation and say, hey, mom, dad, you're kind of, you're, you're getting in a little too much, a little too much. Can we kind of read? Define this just a little bit respectfully. That's not what happens. You decide that there's a line, they cross it, and then you you erase them from your life. That is to dishonor your father and mother, and it will not go well with you. That was the Schaden, the Freude. I actually met a young man. It was his 25th birthday on Sunday, and he lived with his parents. Oh, no. Look at that. Those kids living with their parents. Hold that. Hold that. <laughs> Rather negative attitude for a moment. Yeah, I grant you. There, there can be issues when you've got adult children who are living with their parents and they're in the basement and all they do is play video games and they're just lazy and they don't do anything. Okay, we get that. But having said that, might we have thrown out the baby with the adult child living at home bathwater? I have to tell you, this is a cultural thing. It is indeed good for a man to leave father and mother and cleave to his wife. But until that happens, why are we so negative about an adult child living at home? Why, why is that just automatically deemed just lame? Or whatever word you use to describe it. I, I think it might be a cultural thing because if you, for instance, we used to have some Asian neighbors, multi-generational. I watched it function. It was a beautiful thing with grandparents, kids, and grandkids. Whoa! And I thought, why, why are we so opposed to that automatically? Yes, I know. I know. If a kid's being lazy, you might need to boot him. I get that. But this young man was doing it because... He wanted to save up money so that he could actually enter into this ridiculous job market economy that we're living in, or, or a job market, housing market that we're living in, so that he could actually get a house. And he wasn't embarrassed by it. Did, that, did they have to work out the dance a little bit? Yeah, but if you've got a mom and a dad who are willing to go, okay, we, we don't want to you know, be, you're an adult. But at the same time, we're also still your parents. Get that worked out. I got to tell you, I was so encouraged by that. I was so encouraged. By, I think this might be the first time that I've met a young Christian 
who didn't, well, yeah, you know, I'm just living with my parents, but it's just, it's, it's not permanent. There's temporary deal here. I'm living with my parents because it's economically smart for me. It was just absolutely a beautiful thing to behold. Now, if you're young and you're hearing the siren song of the world, they're going to tell you that kid, that kid is, um, he's a fool. He's a fool. So how do we arbitrate this difference of opinion? I think we need the Bible. I, I think we need a ruling on the relationship between adult children and their parents. And I think it's, it can be challenging to apply it, but it's quite clear. You're to honor your father and mother until forever. Just never stops. Never stops. And parents, I think that you're supposed to continue to obey Ephesians 6.4. Don't make them nuts. Don't drive, don't drive your kids crazy. Don't be overbearing. Don't be so intrusive that they just, please, can I just start calling you Mrs. Kravitz, Ma? Which, by the way, you shouldn't call your mother either Mrs. Kravitz or Ma. I'm just, or Jimmy, is Ma an acceptable term in Tennessee? Ma? Uh, no, probably not. Good. That's, that's New Jersey. <laughs> hey, Ma, uh, or Boston. <laughs> it is so nice to hear somebody from the South be judgmental <laughs> toward people's accent in the North. Let the Bible be your guide. Is it a dance where you occasionally step on toes? Yeah, it is. But don't cancel your dance card and kick your parents off of it. You're a fool if you do. You're, you're a f the Bible says you're a fool. You will never find a better source of everything than in your Christian parents. Please, oh please, you want to be exceptional? Don't do it the way that the world does. Instead, honor your father and mother and you have God's word on it. It will go well with you. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, we start today with the Moody Bible Institute, who's having a bit of a showdown in a federal appeals court, though they do not want to be there. It appears that a former employee has alleged discrimination based on sex because the college's core statement of faith reserves the office of pastor for men. Imagine that, a Christian Bible Institute reserving the office of pastor for men, because you know why? It's not only their core statement that reserves the office of pastor for men. It's also the Bible, hence the name Moody Bible Institute. Now, there's some really heavy implications with this case, because if people like this former employee can bring religious debates into secular courts, then maybe not Moody Bible Institute, but there will be religious institutions that just can't afford to play this legal long game, and they really shouldn't have to. Now, let's spend a little bit of time in the state of California. The state recently settled a lawsuit with the Right to Life of Central California and agreed to pay the group nearly $200,000 in attorney fees. The suit was filed after a law restricted the pro-life group from offering services near its building, which conveniently is located next to a Planned Parenthood clinic. The other thing that California has done, a federal judge in the state blocked a school district policy that would have allowed students to identify 
under a different gender without their parents knowing it. Two teachers took that to court, saying the policy essentially forced them to lie. You've got to admire teachers for standing up. And as the judge ruled, parental involvement is absolutely crucial for the healthy upbringing of children. And that's absolutely correct. I mean, I feel like we're kind of going back to the basics, but honesty and parental involvement, they're not revolutionary concepts. I, I, they are in today's world, but they're not overall. Now across the ocean to Uganda, where an evangelist was killed by Muslim extremists after he led Muslims to faith in Christ at an evangelistic event. He was attacked on his way home and struck with a large rock. Stark reminded that we should continue praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters all over the world. And lastly, a Canadian high school in Ontario has removed all books published, get this, before 2008. It's a new directive aimed at making libraries more inclusive. That's the wording in the story. That's not my words. Ontario's education minister called this offensive, illogical, and counterintuitive. Because nothing is more inclusive than excluding like the entire history of the world. <laughs> I'm sure this is really going to work out for this school district. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. The fruit of the Spirit is evidence that God is working in us. Every believer will evidence this fruit. But it is important to remember that bearing fruit is a consequence of salvation, not a requirement for salvation. God is working in us and through us, and He is a source of this fruit, not us. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. He wrote a song about us? Oh, Jimmy, there's a song about you and me. Really? From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee. Boom, there it is right there. He was singing about us here from Tennessee. I'm originally from Minnesota. That song was about... Oh, my. Lee Greenwood was a prophet, wasn't he? (laughs) This sounds like a typical evangelical Sunday morning Bible study, doesn't it? Uh, You know what I think that verse means to me there is uh, Lee Greenwood was singing about me and Jimmy because he's from Tennessee and I'm from Minnesota. And that means that we should both move to South Carolina. Or some sort of wonky interpretation. That's a typical Bible study, isn't it? What does the verse say to me? Speaking of hermeneutics, as long as I'm distracting myself, I was reading an article from the Land of Oz, the Presbyterian Church in Australia. I was really encouraged by this. I think we should all be. There were over 400,000 Presbyterians, and it appears that they're bending pretty conservative in Australia. Not all, I'm sure, just like anywhere. But there was an article, I had no clue what was being described, because I'm not from Australia. And you say, what in the world does this have to do with Lean Greenwood and Sunday morning Bible studies? And the answer is hermeneutics. If we don't know how to read a book that's 2,000 years old, our interpretation is going to be as bad as the one you just heard from Jimmy. Well, because you were the one who actually (laughs) said it. Uh, And Lee Greenwood sang this song, what, in 1988, something like, or was it during Reagan's time? Whatever. 84. 84. And we could biff that if, if we don't understand 
the context, what was happening at the time. So I'm going to read this story to you from Australia. And unless you're from Oz, I I think you're going to get that same experience. So here it is. The headline says, Presbyterian Church of Australia bans acknowledgement of country at services. Do you know what that means? Neither do I. The Presbyterian Church has banned congregations from conducting an acknowledgement of country at their regular services. An acknowledgement of country is used to show respect for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities and their ongoing connection to their land. The Presbyterian ban also extends to a welcome to country, which is conducted by traditional owners of the land where an event takes place. You in the clouds yet? Part of the debate at the General Assembly, which meets every three years, focused on whether such ceremonies carry overtones of Aboriginal spirituality inconsistent with Christian beliefs. I, I had to read it over and over again. Why? Because I'm not in Australia, and I'm not a Presbyterian in Australia. And this language, these terms, these descriptions... I I, I need to know what these things are in order for me to understand this article. And the same thing is true with the Bible, which is why hermeneutics is so important. If we don't study what was going on 2,000 years ago, what were the dynamics? What were the religious forces? Commerce, transportation, lifestyle, living, clothing. What What was the agriculture? Without knowing all of those details, you will not get your translation right. By the way, that is why I'm, I, actually, I actually practiced what somebody kind of preached to me. I can't remember. I hate to say it. I think it was Tom Hammond who said the one of the things that can help churches not have squabbles is a shared hermeneutic. And I, I took that to heart because if we don't know how to read the Bible rightly the same way, well, we're going to have nothing but arguments. No, you're supposed to ask Jesus into your heart. That's what it says in Revelation. He stands at the door of your heart and knocks. Well, that's not what it's saying. And it's not talking about an individual. It's talking about a church. It's not talking soteriology. It's really about ecclesiology. And if you don't have a shared hermeneutic, you're just going to fight over this stuff. So we're actually, have I mentioned that we're hoping to be a part of a church launch here in the northern suburbs of Atlanta? Wednesday night, our first Bible study, we're going to spend the next, I don't know, 10, 12 weeks studying biblical hermeneutics. Because if a church does grow out of this Bible study, at least we're all going to know how to read the thing the same way, which is the grammatical historical method of biblical interpretation. We have Herman Hu at Wretched.org, if you're interested in such a thing, with a study guide. Encourage you, if you've never studied hermeneutics, you'll want to do that because if you don't, you too will mangle Lee Greenwood. Across the plains of Texas. Ah. From sea to shining sea. Okay. So he's he's endorsing Governor Abbott. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's what's going on there from sea to shining sea. That's a condemnation of the politics on the east and the west coast. That's what that is. From Detroit down to Houston. See, two liberal cities right there. Detroit and Houston. That's the problem. And New York to LA. Whoa. Did they get more liberal than that? Well, there's pride in every American heart. Oh, he was singing about the LGBTQ thing back in 1984. 
with that pride in every American heart. Study hermeneutics and you will not mangle Lee Greenwood. And that's a good thing. Uh, whilst in St. Paul, Minnesota, which is where, well, I think we spent all our time with the exception of being in Bloomington. The Mall of, the Mall of America looked good. The Mall of America, I have to admit, I was wondering, will the Mall of America look a little shoddy? Uh, nope, it doesn't. They, it is the third largest city on, a, on the weekends in Minnesota. There's that many people who attend the thing, and it is thriving. Otherwise, we stayed in St. Paul and had the opportunity to talk to parents <sighs> brokenhearted about their relationship with their children. <sighs> I wonder what we might be able to do in the context of the local church to to try to stave some of that off. I gave it a go on Sunday morning when I was given the pulpit. I don't know why I was given the keys to drive the pulpit at Faith Bible Church, but I couldn't help but sneak in a word to young people. Don't you do what your peers are doing to try to support parents in their effort to raise up their children to love Jesus Christ. What could we be doing in our church? Pastor, I would simply ask you, is, might you perhaps do your own research to see if you affirm my observation, which of course are correct because I'm a talk show host, to determine what might we be preaching from the pulpit? What might we be doing in youth group while we're teaching Trip to Truth Seasons 1, 2, and 3 available at Wretched.org? That should have... Jimmy, now yeah. I'm agitated with myself. We should have done an episode on that uh. we, to talk to the... You would should be, road trip to truth. If you're not using that for your youth group, I'm telling you, thousands of churches are using it with their youth groups. We should have done how to how to deal with your parents as you forge your way into adulthood. Doll. Oh! Next year, had a chance to preach about it a little bit. Encourage you to consider doing it in your church if you believe it is warranted, because we need to be supporting one another. Your kids need to hear from somebody else that you're good parents. And so do my kids. They need to hear it. They, they, they need that affirmed because the world is, it is just incessant. And teenagers, got to tell you something. The other issue that I spoke about with parents is the cell phone business. Woo-wee doggy. Uh, this is an article from, Wow. Huffington Post, protecting teens, a warning about dangerous social media trends. I know that you and I don't get this, but for some reason, this has an attraction to young people. And we should be asking the question, why? Why might any of our kids go for this type of thing? There's the Borg Challenge. Jimmy, do you know what the Borg Challenge is? I do not. Yeah, well, it's where you don't shout after you win a point in tennis. You actually act like a gentleman, like Bjorn right. Borg. Wait a second. I'm sorry. That's not it <laughs> at all. It's called the Blackout Rage Gallon Challenge. Taken off with older teens, people fill a large plastic jug with water and vodka with electrolyte powders and flavor enhancers. And it's landing people in the hospital. It sounds like it would. The Benadryl Challenge. Oh, that can't be good. OD on Benadryl. Well, it's supposedly it gives you some sort of psychedelic high and... It helps with allergies. I will confess that slight benefit, but otherwise it's dangerous for the kids. Chroming. People challenge one another to inhale toxic fumes. Is there anything anti-human more than sucking in stuff that doesn't allow your body to, you know, live? Kids are dying from this stuff. Why? 
Why are they doing these things online? Why are they seeking this sort of attention? Why I, th- I think this was in Australia. There's, there was a kid who faked his funeral. And then everybody gathered for the funeral that he died. And then he came in on a helicopter or something. Ha ha! Got it on tape so I can get some YouTube views. And I think that's that kind of summarizes and captures why so many young people are doing such foolish things. They just want attention. Uh, they, 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 they just want somebody to look their way. There is a, I think, undeniable trend with the younger generation. They want adult human intervention and involvement and engagement showing that you actually care about them. If you can do that in youth group, I'm telling you something, you won't need gross out games. The kids will flock to you. This is Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. We appreciate your support and listening. And now we're inviting you to prayerfully consider leveling up and becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Ephesians 6.13 tells us to take up the full armor of God so that you'll be able to resist in the evil day. My friend, you and I, we're in this together and we need to stand firm in our mission to share the gospel with millions of souls all over the world. And by becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner, trust me, you'll be doing more than just helping us pay the electric bill. You'll be empowering us to produce top-notch, theologically sound content that both captivates unbelievers and inspires fellow believers to dive deeper into their faith. So if you've ever nodded along with any discussion you've ever heard here on Wretched, now's the time for you to join our ranks and become an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word Wretched to the number 44321. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel. Busy, busy, busy. Last year, Preborn Ministries provided over 92,000 ultrasounds. 54,000 babies were saved. 69 ultrasound machines were placed. 10,000 people responded to the gospel. Preborn Ministries, very busy, saving babies, saving souls. Would you please consider partnering with Preborn Ministries? $28 per ultrasound, five ultrasounds, $140. Yes, they are expensive, but they save lives. And Preborn Ministries uses good equipment with trained specialists, which is why the success rates are so staggeringly high at saving lives with preborn. 
please consider supporting Preborn at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called a fragrant offering. In the Old Testament, God required burnt offerings of meat and incense as a pleasing aroma. These sacrifices foreshadowed Jesus, the perfect offering that takes away the sins of the world. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You can thank Jimmy for this. This is Wretched Radio. Jimmy, Uh during the break, you believed that perhaps Lee Greenwood was no longer with us, I did. as the pagans say. Uh-huh. <laughs> Have uh-huh. you noticed how we don't, we just resist using the word died? Well, that person passed. That person is no longer with us. Nothing wrong with using that terminology, but if it is motivated by terrors of death, then that might be something you might want to actually go to work on because a Christian doesn't need to click his or her heels at the thought of dying, but it shouldn't terrorize us. We should not have a fear of death as described by Bob in the book of Hebrews. Everybody has a terrible fear of death, but a perfect love casts out fear of death because we're not going to be judged. We're not, we're not going to be condemned. We're not going to hear, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. The world is. And so they try to mask the language as if to deny the reality that you're going to die and you will face your maker and you will give an account. I'm not saying it's a sin to say that somebody passed or is no longer with us, but if we're afraid to say die because we ourselves are afraid of death, might want to just... Think about why that is and if that should be. So I went to the YouTube machine, and you know what I discovered? What did you discover? I've got a weird sort of, you know, some people like gaming. Uh Some people like sports stuff. I just, I don't know why. You mentioned somebody like Lee Greenwood, and, uh, you know, are they no longer with us? And I want to know if they're still performing and how they sound. Uh I find that fascinating. And guess what, Jimmy? He's still performing. This is from August this year. Wow. He's 80 years old. Well done, Lee. Well done. I don't know how he sounds, but well done, dude. He's out there and he's working. Christian, we could learn a little something from Lee Greenwood. Boy, did I never think I'd say that (laughs) sentence. What can we learn? We work. Now, it could be a diminished capacity. I suspect he's doing fewer dates today than he did 10 and 20 and 30 years ago. But he's working, and so should we. And I would like to encourage you, if you're thinking about just cashing in your chips, golfing all day, moving to Florida and the local church, please think about Lee Greenwood and reconsider that we need wisdom in the church. Wow, do we need wisdom, don't we? Young people need wisdom. Middle-aged people need wisdom. And you got it. Don't take it with you and cash out and not share it with anybody. And younger people, you should be the ones, seek out the gray hairs. I know you want to hang out with your peers. You have an affinity for that. I get it. But you want to excel, go find an old person and talk to them and ask them questions. And yes, they might be a little bit rambling, 
you're going to learn stuff and you're going to be proverbial because you're going to be seeking out wisdom. And the people with gray hair have it. I should put an asterisk there to identify Phil Johnson. He has wisdom. He just doesn't have gray hair. I don't know how the man does it. Find those people. Jimmy, have you ever seen that kid at church who actually does like cozy up with the older guys? I have. I got to tell you, I got a lot of R-E-S-P-E-C-T for that fella who just wants to learn. Same thing for you, young lady. Find older women. Listen to them. Ask them questions. And you, before you know it, you will have the wisdom of Lee Greenwood. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. Jimmy? Yes? Huh. Sounds pretty good. I don't think he's lip syncing that. (laughs) And I don't think he is. Here's what I think he's got his upper end intact. Mm. That's unusual because usually when you age, the higher notes, they go away. That's why Elton John on his eight year farewell tour sang pretty much everything in substantially lower keys. Lee Greenwood's got his upper end. I wonder if he's got his lower end. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Because the flag still stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. And I'm proud to be an American. Wow. Wow. Yeah. He's on top of those upper notes. Because some shaky, well, you should anticipate some shaky notes along the way, but I'm telling you, Lee. And I won't And he's not fudging on any of it. No, he's not. You know, not rewrite, you know, doing a little harmony with it. May we all be like Lee Greenwood. If and you happen to be a bit on the, uh, well, less than Lee Greenwood side, you might want to think about resisting a trend. You might want to consider that your Christian faith actually has something to say about getting up in the morning and going to work. Martin Luther talked more about the subject of vocation than probably any other reformer. He had much to say about it. And we could use Martin Luther's voice right now inside of the church with young people because it appears we've got a new trend in America. It started out with quiet quitters. These were younger people who did the bare minimum at work. They didn't get fired, but wow, they weren't stellar. They were quiet quitters. Apparently, according to Mike Rowe on the Big Money Show on the Fox Business Network, it then went to loud laborers. Oh, that's you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to let you enjoy that. Thank you. You're just... (laughs) <laughs> you don't you don't need company much, do you? <laughs> you can just amuse yourself all the time. What is a loud laborer? I don't know. I, I maybe somebody who complains a lot mm. and criticizes. Well, now there's a new term. It's called bore out. Workers are bored, unengaged, and unfulfilled in their jobs. Defined as chronic boredom. Listen. And and, and think about what book of the Bible comes to mind. The chronic boredom is the understanding that one's work is pointless. Anybody else thinking of Ecclesiastes? You're right. It is pointless. 
Your work is worth nothing unless you're doing it for the Lord. That's these things by Solomon. Vanity, vanity, it's all. He tried labor. He tried to find fulfillment by working and working. And we can find some satisfaction in working because we're image bearers who work. But that's not going to bring you shalom. Furthermore, you can study like a nobody's business. You're a perennial student. You have tons of degrees on the wall. Have you been made happy by it? Not according to Solomon. It's all vanity unless you're doing this for the Lord. Now, this article is titled New Job Trend Bore Out is harming America's workplaces. Here's how to fix it. Oh, do tell. How are you going to fix this trend? Well, here's what they say to do. Reconnect with colleagues throughout your business network. Huh? Commit to scheduling some time out of the office to bounce new ideas off people who inspire you. Stay current. Read e-newsletters and books. Listen to podcasts that are relevant to your profession. I don't think that's going to fix anything. No. It's not going to... It's just Band-Aid, just masks. I, I read these articles all the time. I think I actually have a stack of them here. This is how to deal with... Okay, I got one right here. Um, this one is titled... Hold on, Jimmy. Tell everybody what this one is titled. Uh, is that what it's titled? Yeah, that's the one that it's titled right here. It was giving advice about how to... Um, how to how to live a fulfilling life and and how to not uh, feel like everything is vanity. That's my second guess. It offered, oh, this is really helpful stuff. Cold showers. Take a cold shower. Oh, that's going to make life exhilarating. And it actually will for the time you're underneath the cold water. That's it? That's what you've got to offer us? Take a cold shower and your life is going to be more fulfilling. It's not. No tricks are going to help you go to work and feel more fulfilled. This is apparently a big trend. I believe that, yep, Gallup estimated that low engagement is costing the global economy nearly $9 trillion. It's a highly contagious virus that spreads quickly and, and can infect the entire workplace. If you're young, you better look out for this trend. Because if you've got coworkers of a similar age, they're, they're going to what the Bible calls gossip, and you are going to digest it, and it's going to be like battery acid in your guts, and you need to forsake that because you should be different. And you should say, you know what? My work actually does have meaning because I've read the end of Ecclesiastes, which says, if I do everything unto the Lord, now my work has significance. Even if I'm connecting paper clips all day long, it has significance. You're a mom changing diapers. That has eternal significance. When you're doing it for the Lord, it gets ushered into eternity. You're going to be rewarded for the mundane, boring things that you do for the Lord. Why? Because you're doing it as an act of worship unto him. And that means it has significance. If you're young, study vocation, go read some Luther and read your Bible and know that we are image bearers who work and it has significance, not because you take a cold shower or whatever, but because you do it unto the Lord. Apparently like Lee Greenwood is. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.